0: We are in a series right now called You Asked For It. If you're new, where did that come from? Over Easter weekend, uh, we did a survey, and everyone put on their emails and so forth and so on. Hey, Dan. Good to see you, Karen. And uh, I could say that with many people. I saw my friends back there. could say that with Greg back there. Hi, you guys. Anyway, I want to just say this. Where it came from was Easter weekend Resurrection uh, weekend, we ask you to fill out, what are sermons that you would want to hear? Uh, usually the, the teaching team, we're getting together, we're talking, we're praying. And so we wanted to to share what are some of the things that you guys are faced with. And we've talked about overcoming anxiety and depression. We talk about things like hope, um, sexuality, so forth and so on. No, Nicole just did a great job on that weekend. God bless you. And so today, we're going to talk about families. We're going to talk about Parenting, specifically parenting teens. I was asked, I was asked kind of specifically when that was brought up. I was definitely asked very specifically by a couple of people hey, would you please share on parenting teens? Now, how many of you have teens? If you would, raise your hand real high. Wonderful. Good, good, good. How many young adults are in the house that's uh, 28 or or under, maybe you're not married yet, raise your hand. One day, you're gonna have teens. So don't don't check me out, all right? I'm serious, it happens quicker than you can ever imagine. How many grandparents we have in the house? Raise your hand. You're gonna deal with teens also. My point is is that I think that we all can take away from this, this sermon today when we're talking about teens. I got a couple tweets I said Twitter's first service man it was you had thought that I had took the Lord's name in vain or something they're like Twitters tweets I spray deodorant on my 12 year old son while he's sleeping you're welcome Just overheard my 11-year-old son on the phone with his friend, don't worry, I will bring some of my dad's money. (laughs) I remember driving in my truck years ago, I had this little gray Nissan truck, and you know, like the little half cab where the kids don't set this way, they set this way. And Seth's in the front seat, Jamie's in this Seat setting like this he's little and she's two years littler younger and 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 Seth asks me a question that has something to do with like the talk and so you know I I, I just let it go you know what I'm saying hey you asked me a question I let it fly and I'm talking to him about the talk and all of a sudden Seth looks at me he goes that's enough daddy I look at Jamie and her eyes are like plates. <laughs> you ask for it, I want to pray and just ask God for the, his grace even as I share something near and dear to my heart. I tell you when I was putting this sermon together, I had never, I had never cried so much putting a sermon together as I was with this one. It's something near and dear to me as have, I want to be a good a good parent. I want to be a good husband. And uh, having lost my parents at eight to my sister at 17, did something deeply inside of me uh, for family, and I longed for family. And so pray with me as we dive into this this morning. Uh, Father, I just pray that you would just be so glorified. I pray that you would add to, you would build, you would equip parents, grandparents, those that aren't even thinking about marriage yet. There's a great chance they're going to be married with kids one day. And just ask God that you would Speak to everyone here, whatever season they may be in. Even if they don't have kids, we can take some of these principles and add it to our life and loving others and communicating to others. And Father, I just ask for your grace now, your transforming power in the name of Jesus and everyone said. Before I go further, I wanted to do this. I just wrote a little section in my notes called From My Heart. And I want to just share thoughts from my heart as we dive into this sermon this morning. First of all, parenting takes strength and courage. Strength. Will you say that with me? Strength and courage. I just feel like I need to do some kind of sign with that, like strength and courage. It takes strength and courage, like Joshua Joshua had no clue what he was going to be faced with in the promised land. But God told him over and over and over and over, be strong and courageous. Why? Because in parenting you don't know what you'll be faced, but you need strength and courage. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the selfish. God will turn your selfish into selfless, I guarantee you, if you allow him. Parenting is for warriors. Parent is not easy, but it's absolutely amazing. God will speak directly to you through your (laughs) five-year-old. You will see you in your kid. Parent will keep you praying. You will be tested as a parent, and you will fail. Sometimes. You will always also have some amazing awesome wins they will grow and you will grow never ever give up, give up. <laughs> it's worth it many kids come can come out of the same womb and they'd be absolutely different you can and you will be angry do your best not to sin Try not to cuss. I'm serious. <laughs> was preaching at a youth camp over in Washington area years and years and years ago. The camp was full of get like an ocean of young people, four, five, six churches. The grace was there. God's anointing was there. His presence was there. I literally remember that camp. It was like I was laying in a puddle of anointing. You could just, I could have preached on baby food. It was just so graced. And all of a sudden I'm preaching, I'm talking about my testimony and who I used to do, uh, who, who I used to be, and uh, uh, the things I struggled with, the things that God had caused me to, to overcome, et cetera, And all of a sudden I just said out of my mouth and I said, "And because I had a really bad, bad mouth uh, before I knew Christ. I said, "And I don't even cuss any longer." And I heard a little squeaky voice in the back it says, "Yes, you do, daddy." I couldn't even see Seth. He was Lee Little. He like, yes, you do, Daddy. I was like, <laughs> what do you do? You, you either run off the stage or you just kind of go with it. You know what I'm saying? And I just went with it. I chose a picture today for a reason. I want to put that up right now if you don't mind. I remember you know, all the things about parenting, the little things. I just want to be very real. I remember Radine talking to her doctor. Just leave that up while I talk here for a minute. There's a reason why. It's not a famous picture. It's just a picture that we took at youth camp the other night. But it represents something near and dear to my heart. I remember Seth uh, uh, or, or Radine going to the doctor going, uh, "My my son, he quits breathing in the middle of the night when he's sleeping. And the doctor goes, well, how do you know that? She goes, well, I keep my, my hand on his chest. But the doctor says, get him out of your bed and get some sleep. <laughs> Did anybody ever have colic kids? If, you, if, you have a, if you've had a colic kid, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so Seth had colic, and it was like at 5 p.m. is when it turned on. I've been working all day long. I walk in the house, and it's like colic time. And he starts screaming. I remember eating in my truck, my little dinner, you know, right here, because he was just so screaming, just part of parenting. My daughter, from the time that sun would rise or when she opened her eyes till she passed out at night, she was 100,000 miles an hour. If she asked me, if she wanted this rock, if I didn't give it to her, she would ask me a hundred more times until I gave it to her. And it's no joke, hey, Ray Dean, is it true? Absolutely true. I tell her we're gonna go to the store and she wouldn't stop until we're at the store. <laughs> Parenting. I chose this picture for my first point today, which is very important to me. That's at a youth camp, Topher's getting ready to preach. Micaiah couldn't be there. And I did this because here we are together as a family doing time together in a sweaty, awesome youth camp. Do you have any idea how many camps that we've been at? How many church gatherings that we've been at? How many evangelism camps or maybe a family camp or Jamie traveling with me to do a youth camp or what have you? What's your point, J-O? My number one point today, I've got four of them and I got little five. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen said, can I get you five smooth stones? And these are the biggest stones that I've ever seen. <laughs> it would take Goliath to toss a stone in order to kill himself. Thank you, Stephen. I love them. I mean, they we'll get to those. I got I got four points and five stones. But my point would be that my, me and my family, we would do church together, and my very first point out of this day is this is doing time together, doing right time together. Time equals relationship. You have to spend time with your kids, but right time. Say that with me, right time. What do you mean, right time, J.O.? I'm talking about, I've discipled guys that, you know, did drugs with their kids. That is time, but that is wrong time. I'm talking about doing amazing right time together. It's amazing how how much you can bring your kids to church and love church if you as a parent have the right attitude about church and value it. It's amazing how much they will love what you love. Right time. Seth and Jamie could probably preach sermons and stories that they've heard dad and mom preach and share throughout the years. And so I know that everybody in here is not a pastor, so is it all about church? No, it's not. Here's the point. Is that Do your life together with your kids, whatever that may be. For us, it was ministry. For us, it was church. For us, it was youth camps. And I think that I'm going to tell you right now, it should be God and church and the word of God. I'll tell you, hey, God and church and the body of Christ and church stories and prayer is a big part in the Owens family. J.O., it's only because you're a pastor. No, it's not. I think because of that, I am a pastor because it plays such a huge part of who we are. We pretty much eat, sleep, and drink Jesus and the church in a good way. I asked my kids something this week that I I don't think I've ever asked them to before because I don't need someone to tell me all the mistakes that we made, especially me. But I said, tell daddy some of the things in parenting that worked. And their first one was this or the first one I chose, was time. This is, what, this is what Jamie said, valuing time, family time, and not just doing ministry together. Because, hey, we did do a lot of other things than just ministry. I'll hit on some of those. And Seth said, really appreciated time spent and making us a priority. Will you say that with me, priority? The kids gotta be your priority. Time spent with them as they were growing up, especially mom. I thought that was very cool. Because... When we got married, we both worked. Raiden got pregnant, having babies, and all of a sudden she stopped work. Now, I know everyone has a different story. I'm not putting your story on us. I'm just telling you our story. Some people in here are single moms and single dads, and we support. Man, we're behind you, cheering you on as a parent. But it was really cool because she was able for a long season to stop working, and it wasn't like I was making a ton of money. When me and Radine got married, she made more money than me, And she had insurance and I didn't. So you can probably feel me on that, right? My point is, is that a person values what they do and they do what they value. Your kids learn from what you do, not what you say. Everything that you do, you're teaching your kids. Not everything that you say, they'll listen. But if you do it, if they see you doing, I'm gonna tell you, you're constantly teaching your I have no regrets with that. I remember even as a youth pastor, I'd pass Jamie around, not in a bad way. I love my little girl, but all of a sudden I wouldn't even see her until the end of the gathering because it's like kids have her everywhere. Why? Because we're just doing life together. Was it all ministry? No. I coached baseball. Um also, Jamie, we had a Maverick down the road, and it's like, Jamie wants to go to the Maverick. And we did Maverick trips quite often, didn't we, Jamie? Got these little, little candies in there. It, why? Because I wanted to spend time with my kids. Ray Dean would travel with Seth on the travel team for base. I remember a special park that they'd go to. Pink Lemonade came out of the water fountains. Seriously, they were all about that. What's your point, J.O., Pink Lemonade? I hope you hear me today. No. My point is being with your kids. My point is your value system. Spending t- time is a direct equal to relationship. I remember reading getting getting uh, Silverwood passes when we first moved here. Why? I-, I didn't get them, she did, because she knew. I thought this was brilliant. She knew that our kids would have no friends when we came here to plant the church. So she said, you know what? I'm gonna hang out with them in the summer. We're gonna to go to Silverwood because I want them to enjoy the move. And I think they did. And they ended up having lots of friends here. But everything that we can do to spend time with our kids. I remember, if I'm not mistaken, they could only do one sport at a time, wasn't it, Ray One sport because we didn't wanna be just like a taxi cab driver. We're doing a big vacation right before they're getting ready to get married. Wanted to do this big hoop-aw vacation, go to a place we had n- never, none of us had been to, Seth Loves, uh, Lord of the Rings, so we went to New Zealand. And I'm going to just tell you how amazing God is. Here he, here we are trying to uh, save money to go to New Zealand, ratings, buying tickets and so forth and so on. My neighbor, about two or three houses down the road, had a washing machine out front and we needed a washer, so I stopped by to, to To look at the washer. I ended up buying the washer. It was like brand new. It was very cool. We still have it to this day, but there was a guitar sitting there. And I go, that is a very unique looking guitar. I pulled it up on my, on eBay. And I was like, Ooh, this, there's something to this. And I went home. I said, Ray Dean, they want 20 bucks for this guitar. I think I should buy it. I bought it. Guess what? I was able to sell the guitar for $2,500. Isn't that pretty cool? You know, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. I know it's not all about money, and it's not all about money. If you know me, you know it's not all about money. Here's my point, is that we were able to buy a ticket or something to go to New Zealand, and it was a time that we'll never forget uh, being together as a family. Everyone say together. I want to teach you a principle today before I go to number two. What we do, get this, get this, I don't care how old you are. What we do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. What we do in moderate, look at it, look at it. What we do in moderation, our kids will do in excess. And that is both ways, good or bad. If you love the church, if you love camp, if you love worship, if you love God's word, guess what? What you do in moderation, God, he moves so mightily in your kids, they will do in excess both ways. But it go- also goes the The backwards way, too. You like doing meth? You like porn? Driving drunk, slamming on leaders, being a hypocrite, all those things. I'm telling you, what we do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. You will see it in their life. You love the church? I'm telling you, there's something beautiful about it. Now, is every kid exactly going to go exactly by that? No. They all have their own will or what have you. But I'm saying for the most part, it's important for you to get get this today. What you do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. Kids learn way more about what you do instead of what you say. Your four-year-old little girl right now, so sweet, so innocent, she will be 14. 14. Years old one day. Why you say that, J.O.? That's not the time where you go, oh, she's 14. Oh my goodness, the sky is falling. Let's go to church. <laughs> 911. No, you want to be raising up your kids right now in church as early as you can. Walking in the house of God, in the presence of God, in worship, in youth church, in kids church, learning the ways of God. Not all of a sudden where there's a 911 in your family or marriage or a health crisis, you wanna raise your kids up in the house of God. What we do in moderation, your kids will do in excess. Uh, It still doesn't stop there with Radian and I. We still have family nights, uh, mostly on Monday nights. If you don't have a family night, can I tell you when you should start family night? Uh, This week. Stop putting it off. My kids don't know anything but a family night. Specifically set aside for family. Whatever we choose to do, usually it's barbecue. I'm going to watch Jeopardy for the most part. They have to play Jeopardy, watch Jeopardy with Dad, so forth and so on. But we're going to do family night together, right? You should you should begin a family night. Uh, this week we had an awesome opportunity. Jamie and I do a overnight or once a year usually camping, she's pretty prego right now. So our friends let us borrow the cabin and we went there and we had a wonderful time. What was really cool is Friday night, we decided to play Yahtzee and we pulled out the Yahtzee game and I looked on the scorecard and listen to what it said. It said, daddy, daughter, camp out 2018. It's like we did that last year. So I put on this word, this year, 2019, daddy, daughter and pregnant with Jonesy. And by the way, on my last roll of the Yahtzee game, last roll, I had two fives. Last roll, Yahtzee, and I won the game. God is with me. Say this with me time together. J.O., that's not so deep and theological, but I tell you what, it will change your life. It will change your family. It will change your kids, spending time with your kids. Number two, be a parent. Well, J.O., what else would I be? I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell you. I said, Jamie, you know, give us one thing. She said, "Uh, not being our buddy, but a parent first. I want to let you know tonight, or actually today, and tonight if you think about it, your kids don't need you to be their buddy. They don't need you to be cool, acting like one of their friends. By the way, you're probably not cool. (laughs) And they'll tell you and make it known. And they don't need a pal or a buddy. They need an awesome parent who walks in their God-given authority, who's going to speak into their life, who's going to keep them on the narrow path that's going to tell them not always what they want to hear, but what they should hear. They need parents. In this day and time, we need parents like never before, not just a buddy. If you're a buddy, you should think about repenting today. And what I mean by that is just changing the way you think. Man, you know you don't got to shock them, but I think that they need a parent more than a buddy. They got plenty of cool buddies out there that's leading them astray. Our kids these days need parents. I want to give you five smooth stones out of the book of Proverbs when it comes to parenting. These are my, st- Stephen, these are my stones today right here. These are my stones today right here. Come on. Stone number one. You ready? Out of Proverbs, say this with me. Fear God. Your young people need a God-fearing parent walking in the ways, walking in his ways, walking in the ways of the word, not the ways of the world. Come on, listen to what it says, Proverbs 1.7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord, the reverence of God, parents that's going to seek God, parents who are passionate about God, who come to the house of God and worship. They thank him, they praise him. You lean into him. You are parents of faith and your kids see that. They see you crying out to God. They know that church is the top of the list. Come on, parents that fear God. Your, your kids need that, yes. no matter where you are. So, J.O., I've jacked up. I've screwed up. It's been so. Well, change it today. You can do that. Yes. You can make that change today. Stone number one. Stone number two, a reverence for God's word. A reverence. Man shall not live by bread alone. You're not going to live by just shrimp or by some chicken wings or by some potato chips or pop. It's not about bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Listen to this one Proverbs 13 13. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. Uh, J.O., my. my. My kids won't read the Word. Have they ever? Has your kids ever caught you reading the Word, maybe memorizing or meditating on the Word? If they don't, listen, if they don't see you reading the Word and doing a Bible study or, or just studying the Word of God, why would they ever read or meditate or memorize the Word? Why? Uh, jail, because I, uh, I, because I told them to. You know what that is? That's a stand-up comedian with a terrible joke because it's a joke to think that they're going to do something that you don't do. Yeah. It's not what you say, it's what you do that you teach your kids. Yeah. Reverence, God's word, dive into it. Men, can I call you out for a minute? Men, you should be on the cutting edge. You should be a freak for the word of God. How many, how, how often, Jail? once a week, every day, give us this day our daily bread. Every day. Will you say that with me every day? every day? Oh, let that get in your heart. Just get a habit. Just get, a, just get an appetite for God's word. Number three, big stone number three right there, humility. Say that with me, humility. Like I said, you could put these into other things other than parenting, but it's very good with parenting. Proverbs 3.34, listen to what it says. Surely he scorns the scornful, but he gives grace To the humble. How many of you parents need a lot of grace? (laughs) I needed a lot of grace. I still need a lot of grace today. What do you mean by that, J.O.? Be transparent with your kids. Be real with your kids. They can smell a fake for five miles. If you want to really turn your kids off from church, well, they'll never come to church. Just be a fake. Be all religious when you get to church and be weird when you get home. they'll be like I ain't why would I go to church? You're all jacked up sideways. You want you think I want to be like you? Wow. Be real. Be humble. Be transparent. Hey, I made mistakes all along the journey. I'll be the first one to admit it. But you know what? Go to your kids. Daddy just jacked that up. That was wrong. I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? Humble yourself. Be real. Keep it real. Transparent. Don't be an arrogant jerk. JL, you're you're really, you're, you're messing with me today. Listen, I'm not talking to you ever unless you're an arrogant jerk, oh. <laughs> right? If you're not an arrogant jerk, just let it go. But if you are, you should have ears to hear. Because you'll push your kids away. Are you are you following me? I'm only preaching preaching at you if I'm preaching at you. Number four. Everyone say train up. Train up, train up. Train up your kids. Proverbs 22.6. Train up the child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. That train means to narrow, it means to initiate means discipline, dedicate, train up. Who should train up your kids? You as parents, you as parents. You're the one to train up your kids, not even the school, not the school teacher, not the professor, not the principal, you. Hey, I love school. I pray for principals, teachers like all the time, but they are not to train up my kids. I'm to train up my kids. You don't want a 14-year-old strange kid training up your kids, right? You're to train up the kids, you don't want Google training up your kids. You don't want TV. You don't. You definitely don't want Facebook to train up. You don't want Instagram to train up your kids. You don't want TV to train up. You don't want news. You, parents, are called to be the one to train up your kids, to discipline them, to teach them that they walk in God's way, train up your kids. Not a video game discipleship, right? You Quick question, who's to train up your kids? Parents. Does it take time? Absolutely. You're not here just to be sperm donors. You're here to train up your kids in the way of God. Amen. Jail, you see those stones about to hit you upside your head? I know a back door over here that you don't know about. I'll be gone. (laughs) Be the primary teacher and trainer of your kids. Are you with me today? You know, I'm a little edgy, but I I just want to help every, I want to help myself. I want to help every parent here. Come on, in this day and time, all hell is coming against families. All hell, I mean, unleashed on families. Come on, we got to be the Jordan generation, generation to take these kids into the promised land. We need the Moseses and the Abrahams and those who's going to stand up and fight the good fight. Number, stone number five, correction. Say that with me, correction. Proverbs 29, 17, correct your son and he will give you rest. Man, I love that. I like good rest. How about you? How how many of you want to be stressed out all night? Your kid ain't home. They're 5 o'clock in the morning. You're waiting on a call from the police. I want rest. You want rest? Come on, come on. You correct your son. He'll give you rest. Yes, he will give you a delight to your soul. My kids are rest and a delight to me, and I'm very, very thankful, you know, they went through their different seasons, but they are a blessing to mom and dad. There was a day whenever I felt like I had to kind of step in at different times all the way through their years. But I tell you, one time was whenever Seth was in college. Seth is a sharp dude. He used summa cum laude from Whitworth. But summa cum laude doesn't mean that you go mess with daddy <laughs> and come home with some kind of strange doctrine right? And so I love him, lay my heart down, lay my life down for him. But we would have debates on the week. Every other weekend, we would have debates and we'd go at it. Mom and Jamie's like, oh my goodness, we're out of here. They go into another room, they probably would leave. Why? Because Seth would come home with these different things that he was learning at Whitworth. And I'm like, dude, I'm just old school Bible, Acts 2, Holy Ghost, praying, get filled with the Holy Spirit, holiness, salvation. Come on. And we would have debates. We'd just go at it. He had some amazing things to say. But you know what? Some of it was a little bit weird. And we just have, would discuss those. Why? Because I'm a parent. I'm, I'm to correct. We sharpen one another day, uh, to this day. And so everyone say correct. You're called to correct your kids. Who else, who is gonna correct your kids in the right manner? You're to correct them. If they're off the narrow path, don't agree with them. Oh, you're going to hell on a grease pole? Well, I'll just... Just go. (laughs) What? No. You get in the way of it. You share with them. You correct them. You walk in God's way. Okay, my big five stones are done. Amen. Number three clear boundaries, consistent standards, and trust your kids. I believe both of our kids said this. Clear boundaries consistent standards and trust your kids we need to clearly commute communicate to our kids boundaries consistently and we need to trust them with it let me tell you let me give you an example of God setting out clear boundaries to his kids said this of every tree of the garden you shall freely eat but not of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat would you all say that that's pretty clear Pretty clear standards, pretty clear boundaries. Why? Because God loved them, and God knew what would happen. They would surely die, and he trusted them in it. J.O., what if they break the boundaries? There ain't no what if to it. They They will break the boundaries every time. But we still share safe boundaries, consistent boundaries, and we trust them. I'll give you an example. I got permission from Seth to allow me to share this one. One night, Seth is 15 years old, and he gets home late, 2 o'clock in the morning. And um, remind me again, Seth, I go into your room. I call Seth into the room, and I begin to ask him. I said, Seth, were there drugs at this place? And, and he said, no. And so how many know that I, the Holy Spirit lives inside of me? Do you know who the Holy Spirit is? He's a spirit of truth. He's a discerner. Come on, Holy Ghost. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. And Holy Ghost just begins to work in my heart. And so Seth goes and gets in bed. So I go upstairs this time. Seth, was there any drugs at this place? He goes, no. Okay, I'm going to trust you. Walk down the stairs. He walks behind me. We get to like the front door and then he shared with me, dad, he was very convicted. He says, dad, I smoked weed. It's the first time he'd ever smoked weed. Praise God, it was the last time he ever smoked weed. Mom. Mom gets out of bed, we sat in the, in the living room. As soon as he told me, I just began to bawl. Why, because of what weed, how it almost completely destroyed my life. Totally. If you're looking for someone to cheer you on and weed, don't look this way. Because I will not cheer you on. And so we sat, we cried, we forgave, and then we got up the next morning. How many you know his mercies are new every morning? Every morning. If his mercies are new toward me every morning, should not my mercies be new toward him? And I'll just ask Seth, I know what he's going to say because he said to the other services, did we say anything about that? Did you, just be honest, did you feel condemned or beat up? No. We just loved him. We trust him. We know we've all made those mistakes, right? Give them clear boundaries. Be very consistent. Trust them. I know trust is a little different you got to rebuild trust and there's a radical middle and all that but i'm telling you right now that's important for you and i to do jamie in seventh grade was a different type of specie (laughs) for some reason my daughter all of a sudden just changed in seventh grade like i never i don't think i ever remember her having a good attitude in the morning and she is like the kindest person, one of the kindest people on the face of the earth. But that, and at that moment, and I went to the principal, I was like, Brother, come on. We need to talk. Because I'd been a youth, we had been a youth ministry for years. And, and he had a daughter the same age as, as Jamie. And he said something that I'll never forget. He said, He just got back from a conference. And at the conference, check this out out of all the grades, they had one special class. That they were teaching teachers on, and it was called Eighth Grade Girls. <laughs> don't wait to take your kids to church when they're in eighth grade. They should have already been in there for about 12 years before that. <laughs> and so we talked. Radine gave me amazing advice. She says, don't you allow her to push you away. Just lean into her. And I just continue to lean in. And it's amazing how you felt like they were going, but they come right back. And now my kids are also some of my best friends to this day. Here's the point, clear boundaries, be consistent and trust them. Here's my last point for today. And uh, this one came from Jamie, it was very cool. Speak to your, your child's destiny. Speak into your child's destiny very very vital if you've never even heard of that listen up today jamie said speaking into the areas of our life that one day we would be even if we didn't see it in the present now listen listen romans romans 4 is that is that bible absolutely romans 4 17 god speaking to abraham said this as it is written i've made you a father of many nations in the pre- how many of you know that he was the father of many nations before he even had a child come on come on in the presence of him who we believe, God who gives life to the dead, now listen, 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 and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, yes. that's what you have to see inside of your kids. They're 14 years old, they're 13 years old, they got a bad attitude, you can hardly get them out of bed. And all of a sudden they're doing weird things that they've never done before. They're hanging out with the wrong people. You know, it. you're like, you ain't never going to that girl's house again in your life because you come back with a bad attitude. You ain't never, and all those different things. And I want to tell you, in the midst of all that, you got to speak into their destiny. They're, they're gonna be great. They're gonna be apostles and prophets and business owners and worship leaders and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna to minister to hundreds and hundreds of young people and kids and, and they're gonna they're gonna to go to the nations and, and they're gonna they're gonna turn this world upside down. You gotta speak. Now he says, God says it this way: those things that do not exist as though they did, and this is how I say it: you look at your kids. And you go, you're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future and you look much better than, come on, come on. You're somewhere in the future and you look much better than you do. That's what you have to speak to your kids. What is that, J.O., prophesying over your kids? Prophesy over them. J.O., I've never prophesied in my life. Well, you need to learn. Old Testament, New Testament prophecy is different. I want to read to you what New Testament prophecy is, that you should, come on, daddies, you better wake up. You should do with your kids. 1 Corinthians 4, 3, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. That's what you speak over your kids. Hey, I know you're 13 years old right now, and it doesn't even sound like, look like you even can spell Jesus, but I'm going to tell you you're right. You're a woman of God. Come on, God has a calling upon your life. You're going to do exploits. You're going to try. You prophesy over your kids. Amen. If you don't know how, begin to practice it. God wants to speak right in and through you. I'm going to leave you today with just a quick list of don'ts. Can I do that? These are truly proven don'ts. You ready? Don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk to your kids, amen? Don't be legalistic. What do you mean by that? Legalistic is like adhering to excessive law, like, like, don't you ever do 56 in a 55? No, praise God. Don't you, I'm not telling you to break the law. Here's my point. A legalistic attitude, choking your kids, expecting them to do something that you can't even do. I'm going to tell you right now, when you choke your kids in a legalistic way, they will, let me prophesy, they will rebel. Legalism breeds rebellion i never even knew what sin was until the law came don't be legalistic don't cause them to rebel against god and the church because you're i remember a, a, a talking to a mother one time because they were having uh serious problems with their kids and i was saying, i was trying graciously as a youth pastor just to say you need to back off of your kids she wanted nothing to do with that she's like we need to be more controlling i'm like you're gonna blow your kids up they're gonna be a hydrogen bomb they're gonna blow all the hell and back because you're choking your kids legalistically a few more Uh, don't be weird don't do it your kids smell out weird don't be embarrassed by your kids and if you are just don't let them know (laughs) don't antagonize your kids I've done that before it's not good what do you mean by that Colossians 3 21 fathers do not provoke your children at least they become discouraged I have discouraged my kids before that way don't do it we already said this let me echo it don't be their buddy Don't use church as a weapon of punishment. Oh, you're going to get grounded. You didn't listen to me. You're going to go to church. Wow. (laughs) Wow. They'll never, ever want to darken church. This is a house of celebration, a house of the presence of God, a house where we get down with Jesus. It's, we love church. (laughs) Wow. Uh, stop yelling maybe you're saying that to me right now but (laughs) stop yelling at your kids be angry don't sin don't give up don't manipulate your kids amen